See, I don't care what they say. I care what he say. Can somebody say amen? See, the, the fact is God is not going to fix everything. He's going to sometimes just let us go through it. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's V-L-C-C-A-Z dot org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. But across this pulpit many times, we just get this, this band-aid gospel. God understands. He'll fix everything. Folks, I want to tell you something. God's not going to fix everything. Boy, that went across like a lead balloon. There's some things we're just going to walk through. One of my favorite all-time movies, and I can say this in church because it's a title. There was a young man who was the most, dec- at the time, was the most decorated person in World War II. His name was Audie Murphy. His movie was called To Hell and Back. Maybe some of you have seen the movie. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, some of us will probably touch the fires of hell before we make heaven. And God will allow us to go through struggles and troubles. This isn't popular preaching, but it's God's word. I read the book of Hebrews chapter 11 We call it the Faith Hall of Fame. And do you know that two-thirds of the people in that Faith Hall of Fame lost their heads, were cut in two, were burned in fire? The pulpit doesn't like to address those things because it's not promising for church growth. But I'm not trying to grow the church. I'm trying to grow heaven. Are you okay with that? You see, I, I, I believe that God says, if I will stop questioning all the answers, I will be able to live my life based on the answer that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, he is the hope. And Paul said it, it's Christ in me that is the hope of glory in this life. Can somebody say amen? The struggle that we have as Christians is how... We choose to deal with our Christianity. I read a story one time about a pastor that went to a doctor and he was having massive heart troubles. It couldn't, he couldn't function. So he went to the doctor and the doctor gave him a bad report. He said, I can't give you any hope for quality, 
or quantity. Your heart's that bad. Well, as I tell people all the time, never take one doctor's word for it. Folks, whether they call themselves that anymore, they still are called GPs, general practitioners. They're still practicing, folks, and we're part of their practice. So if they give me one report, I'm going to go find another report. Can you say amen? So he went to another state and got another report. And I want you to listen to this. The doctor did this rigorous exam and the pastor asked, can you help me? And his doctor said, yes, I can. The other doctor said there was no hope. This doctor said, yes, I can. Well, after surgery and recovery, the pastor went back to the pulpit, renewed, reinvigorated. Well, a few weeks, he went for a follow-up exam. And he walked in, and he just overwhelmingly thanking the doctor for returning. Listen to this the quantity and the quality to his life. But I hear this, because this is the perplexity of Christians. The doctor said, Pastor, I've had part in helping you regain a quantity of life. But the quality of your life is up to you. So listen to me, Christian. If we choose to look at the world as is all against us, let me encourage you. It is. But I don't worry because all of heaven is for us. Come on, give him a hand clap. I don't worry. I don't get caught up. You see, the quality of my life is the quality that I will live because I choose to be a Christian victorious in Christ. More than a, <coughs> more than a conqueror. I am already victorious because Jesus has made me victorious. Can you say amen? You see, in the midst of life's struggle, can I tell you something? God's there. In the midst of it, God is still there. And so the best question I think that possibly I could ask is not, why did this happen? I think the best question is, what can I become because it happened? We read a couple of weeks ago, Matthew, where it talks about Jesus sending the disciples into the boat and said, go the other side. And the storm came up in the midst of the seas. And they were afraid they were going to die. And they saw Jesus come walking to them on the water. And I want you to listen. I'm not going to preach long, folks. I'm almost done. I am, but listen, listen to me. Jesus came walking. And I, I'm all, I was always intrigued as a young Christian. He was going to walk past them. Now look at me. You're going through it. Jesus, why aren't you here? He's just going to walk right past. They thought it was a ghost. Can I tell you? 
Sometimes that's what you think of God. He's just that ethereal presence out there somewhere. He doesn't really care. He's not going to have anything left over for me, just like the, the little song. You know, I keep reaching, I keep doing this. Can I tell you my perspective is going to change much of my outcome? He was going to rock past, and then they saw him, and they cried out. Then they did something that a lot of us don't do, is they welcomed Jesus into their boat. Let's change the word boat for another four-letter word, life. Can I tell you something? Most of us think we have it all in control. Kind of changed a few days ago, didn't it, Tim, Loretta? Their boy in a moment of time is gone. But they did something. They invited Jesus into their boat. That's why they're here this morning and worshiping God. Jesus will just keep walking by unless you say, Lord, save me. Cry out. You say, well, he already knows. But he wants you to be involved. He wants you to show up. He's there. And you know what happened when he got on the boat? Well, in one translation says the sea and the winds calmed. In John 11, it says immediately they were at the other side. You know what he's telling us? If you'll just get your eyes off of all the stuff happening, stop questioning the answer. He said all of your answers will be there. Look what he says in, or John 6 is what I said. I said John 11. John 6, it says they were willing to take him in the boat and immediately they reached the other side. 107th Psalm, look what it says here. He stilled the storm to a whisper and the waves were of the sea were hushed. Let me inject some thoughts for you to write down in your notes. If you will invite God into your situation and stop questioning why this is happening and that's happening the other, just invite God into it. He will still the storm to a whisper. You know what he literally is doing? He's giving peace to your mind. And those waves that are crashing in around you, he will hush them. Literally, he will give you confidence to your heart that it's all in control. You see, the reason we have God's protection, church, is because of his providence. Because of his sovereignty. The presence of life's problems. Just because you got these struggles doesn't mean an absence of God's protection. God's still there. God will always be there. We find this outline in Job. God, the Bible says that the devil is walking to and fro, heaven and an earth, kind of rubbing his thumbs, saying, well, what do I do? And God says, what are you doing here? Say, well, I got nothing to do there. You know, everything on on earth is just happening. And then God puts Job on the spot. How's that God, man? Have you ever considered my, considered my servant Bill Weaver? Have you ever considered him? You know, he loves me. 
He's a man without reproach. He's, he's just going, have you ever? And Satan says, well, no, not really, but now that you mention it, do you mind? And God said, yeah, there you go. He's in your hands. You know what that means? Sometimes God's just watching you grow by letting you go through it. But he said this, look at it, look at it on your screen. Or actually, better yet, look at Job one twelve. He said, everything he has is in your hands, but don't you touch him. You see, God, in his providence, in his sovereignty, he holds the control. In Job 2.6, the devil's walking around in heaven again, and well, and God said, I thought I told you about Job. He said, yeah, but you've got to hedge your protection about him. Oh, listen to that. God's got a hedge of protection about you. But God said, yeah, Bill. So you think a hedge protection is all that? Yeah. He said, okay, you can touch him. You just can't kill him. Devil, you can touch Valerie. You just can't kill her. Little Sarah Cody comes to church. She wore a wig for months because she went through the same thing you're going through. And she's just as alive today as ever. See, I don't care what they say. I care what he say. Can somebody say amen? (laughs) See, the the fact is God is not going to fix everything. He's going to sometimes just let us go through it. But if you're going through it and God has took you to it, nothing touches the father's child until he first has permission from the child's father. Now, I'm not going to take the time to read the whole passage to you, but it literally, it says, and, and Bob can put it up there. I'm just going to paraphrase. The rains came, the storms came. And beat against the house. But it didn't fall. Why? Because it was built on the rock. How do you know your house is built on a rock? Is you're putting into practice what you're reading. I think the irony is this talks about the other guy who didn't build his house on a rock. He built his house on the sand. And the rains came, the winds came, and great was the fall. You know the difference between the rock and the sand is whether we're living or just speaking. Are we practicing God's word or are we just saying God's word? But the greater irony of it is he let the same storm hit the guy who didn't and the guy who did. He didn't change the storm. God's presence and peace doesn't mean the absence of the world's problems and frustrations. God tells us we need to stand firmly attached to the foundation of our salvation, which is Jesus Christ. You want to find peace? You got to get smack dab in the middle of God's providence. You got to ask God 
take control of my life. Psalm 37, as the worship team comes, the steps of a good man are ordered of God. He delights in every step he takes. And I want you to underline this next phrase. If they fall, it's not fatal. If they fall, it's not fatal. Because the Lord's holding you. And look what it says. I've been young, I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. You may go through it. You may struggle with it. But the reason it doesn't crush you is God said, it's okay, guys, I got you right in my hand. And a whole lot better than Allstate, you're in good hands when you're with God. We must trust that God is in full control of everything. I read a story about one of our ex-presidents, John Quincy Adams. He had a stroke. A debilitating stroke. And although he returned to Congress the following year, his health was clearly failing. Well, Daniel Webster was one of his friends. And he described his last meeting with John Quincy Adams. A friend of John Quincy Adams was there and came in to make inquiry of his health. And I want you to listen to a man who trusted the providence and the sovereignty of God. He said these words. He said, I inhabit a weak, frail, and decayed tenement that has been battered and broken by the winds of time and the storms of life. And from all I can learn, all I can ascertain is the landlord does not intend to make repairs. There are times in your life and mine that the landlord isn't going to fix what you faced. Our little sister, Savannah, runs our nursery. And folks, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little older, so I call everyone young and little. And, you know, if I call you honey, don't get offended. If I call you sweetie, don't get offended. If I call you jerk, you got a problem. <laughs> you know, that's what old people do. Isn't that right, Pastor Ray? Yeah. <coughs> she got up here and she was testifying yesterday. She didn't know I was listening. But she said, you know, I've, I've given up most of my youth because of these incredible migraines. She had to quit school. She can't do college. This young little lady, greater understanding of God than most of us. She stood up here and she said, you know what? It's okay. I don't know why it's happening. But I figure God's got some reason. So I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And she does an incredible job. Sometimes her day is spent 16 hours in bed. Can't do anything else. But when you see her bouncing around the church, 
Folks, why is it that we look at problems as the absence of God? My Bible is full of God being in the midst of the problems. Oh, not the cause of the problems, but in the midst of the problems. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give up on God. I'm just gonna quit. How's that working out? I, I remember when I went through a time, uh, and I left Victoria's Life in California, and we we merged our church with a another church that was down the street, and and I became the associate pastor of, you know, it was just a smaller church, had about twenty thousand people in it, and I I was pastoring that church, and I'd stand up in front of in front of, you know, literally. 10,000 people uh, at a service. And I'd stand up there and I'd preach and, and I'd do this. And then I'd have people come to the altar afterwards and I'm praying for people. And they would tell me stories and I never knew it by watching them. Because they took a hold of life and they said, God, I guess you are in charge. Good, bad, right or wrong, beautiful or ugly. Isaiah 41. The landlord may not fix your house. Johnny Erickson Tata is okay with that. Jumped off a cliff, crushed her spine, paraplegic for her rest of her life. Quadriplegic. She's okay. Some most beautiful paintings and stories and recordings you'll ever hear. For her whole life seemed to be stolen away. Did she get bitter or did she get better? Isaiah 41. I took you from the ends of the earth, the furthest corners of the earth I called you. And you are my servant. Look at somebody and say, Pastor is fixing to talk to me. Because I'm God's servant. Go ahead and tell somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to you directly from the throne room of God. God wants you to hear some specific words this morning. We're talking about providence. The God that knew then, the God that knows now, and the God that knows all that's going to be. I have chosen you. And I haven't rejected you. So don't fear. Because I'm going to be right there with you. Doesn't that sound good when daddy's talking like that? Don't, don't fear. I'm going to be right there with you. Don't get dismayed. Because I am your God. I am your God. Can I tell you? I remember as a little boy growing up. You know, I told somebody, they wanted to fight me. Said, okay, you might whip me, but I got six brothers going to whip you. And if they can't do it, you ain't seen my dad yet. Can I tell you when God shows up, he said, you got a problem? I am here. And when he says, I am the devil's... And you brought the big guns in, didn't you? That's right. Yeah. 
You call them big guns, they call them dad. He said, I am your God. And I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Is daddy encouraged you yet? And then he said, you know all those that rage against you? Don't even worry about them. I'm going to make them as if they're nothing. They're going to be disgraced. They're going to be ashamed. And when I get done with them, you're going to wonder, where are they? It's going to be like they never even existed. Why? Because I am your Lord. I am your God. And I'm going to take your right hand. And I'm going to say, don't be afraid. See, this is the provenance that God wants you to grab a hold of. And Zechariah was probably one of the prettiest declarations of this. When he said, whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye. And nothing, nothing will ever touch our father's child that didn't first touch that. If you're going through it, he's let you go through it. I'm talking about you've, you're living God's word. You've applied God's word. You built your house on that. You're going through it. That's okay. I don't know. I don't always know why, but I do know. He's right there with me. He's right there with me. Maybe you're here this morning and and you got questions. I have the answers. Every one of them right in this book. But more than the answers, I have the answer. His name is Jesus. I want to take a moment. I want to open these altars before we sing this song. And I don't care where you're at. I don't care where you've been. I want you to know God wants to get you where you're going. And if that's you, you need to come find a place to this altar. Come. Let us pray with you. We'll have people come up here. May say something to you. May say nothing to you. You just find a warm arm, hand, touching you and praying. So would you open your heart? Say, God... I need you. I need you right here, right now. These altars are open. Would you come? Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour. The Holy Spirit didn't go this direction for us just to sit there and walk out with the same stuff we walked in. Bring it to this altar, drop it, leave it, and watch God heal it. And God help you in the midst of it. Come on, sing it out together, everybody. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. One defense. defense. God, every devil has shut us when you 
shepherd in your house a shepherd under you the great shepherd God you told me to tell him about the good and the bad tell him about the right and the wrong tell him about the struggles and the peace but to tell him that you are with them everywhere every day, every time God help us to see life that way Help us to stand that way. Help us to face everything we'll face that way. Help us, Lord, to be the men, the women, the children. God, that know that no matter what happens in this world, you are our peace. You are our strength. You are our hope. You are our present help in time of trouble. God, I pray over this congregation. I thank you, Lord. God, it's not by might or power, but it's by your spirit. Everything that we deal with, everything we face, God, is in your hands. God, your sovereignty, your providence, that's where we get our peace. Thank you that we can stand in that in Jesus.
Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.